Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, bats and dogs, cats and squirrels, yes, sir. we are back with another episode of Southside Rabbi, and I just got to say something. First of all, this man sitting across from me, if you see his hat, I just want to just let y'all know, man, Native Supply got some threads coming for y'all, man, and, I, and if y'all ain't on Native.Supply looking at the new threads that we got up on there, mm. I don't know what you're doing. As a matter of fact, you might just need to log off of this right now. Go to native.supply, buy something, and then log back on and then come back and holler at us. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Praise the Lord. So when you have a person that is just as great as he is, especially a businessman, he just, he's always mm. doing deals, always doing <laughs> deals, always, you know, deal after deal come after on. deal after come deal. Hey, and Pete. that sigh that you heard was just, he thought that the, the money wasn't going through, but then it did go through. And then now he is relieved. You wow. know what I mean? And so we're just talking. I got KB here. Uh, this brother, he just got off tour. Uh-huh. Um, and the tour was amazing. Uh, you were on tour with uh, Phil Wickham and Brandon Lake. Yes. And if you don't know who they are, they wrote every song that you <laughs> sing at church on Sunday. Every one. A many a night, I was walking back to the bus after my set. And they, uh -huh. were still, they were still on stage. And I was like, he wrote that? He wrote that? He wrote that. Must have said that fifteen times of fifteen different songs. Wow! So if it, if it's a worship song, yeah, they probably wrote. They that probably month. wrote it. Dang, yes, indeed. Man. So listen, that's who he was on tour with. <laughs> but his um his his set his show was amazing. Uh, I got you, to go to the one in Tampa and got to watch it from side stage, and I was glad that I got to watch it from side stage because I watched it from if I watched it from front stage. It would have been so fire. The skin would have been blown off wow. my face, and I would have just been a skeletal. Remain wow. watching the show. Yes, right. I can relate to that because um, that's what it's like whenever you break down the Word of God. Wow. So I know exactly what it's like to have your face melted. I off. get it. I fear for my dreads. Yes. I wear a NASA level uh, cap right. that yeah. keeps my hair intact. I know. I get as that. I go through the radiation. Yeah. Of your glory. I get that. As you break down the I Word of God, ladies and gentlemen, make some noise. Yes. Thank for you. I mean the dream. Hustle. I appreciate you, and I understand what you're saying because that's exactly how I felt when you came home from tour. <laughs> I, when he walked into the building, I had to have a veil on my face. Wow. And a hazmat suit. Wow. Um, wow. Uh, because the glory and the, the, the radiant glory that was shining off of his face from coming from the mountain of performing for the Lord. Listen, <laughs> when he was performing, all of heaven was dancing and rapping every lyric. And wow. I'm pretty sure that once he walks in, the greatest of heavenly songwriters, and I think David and all the other songwriters who are yet to be named, are going to come up to this man and say, listen, we admire your work. Wow. The stuff that you were able to do in the studio, I just thought... I, first of all, David is going to say to him, listen, we made petitions for thousands of years for the Lord to make some of the songs off your album Psalms. What? <laughs> but he rejected them all. Um, and so not because he didn't like them, but because he said he wanted to save the best for last. And that's when everybody got to heaven. Oh, in the eschatology. Okay. So, but Thank we you, have, I mean. I, 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 as, as much as I love giving my, my, my encouragement to you, yes. we have a brother to our left. Yeah, my right. And KB's right, my uh -huh. left, KB's right, who is probably, mm -hmm. most likely, yes. almost, I'm almost 99.5% sure yes. that he is going to be the executive director of heaven. I'm, I think so. I think that's going to be his so, role. I, I mean, yes. I don't know any other role. Yes. Is that if you've ever seen the show Billions and you yes. see Bobby Axelrod, he has a right-hand man named Wags. Wags. I think that that's uh -huh. who my brother to the left is going to be for the Lord. He is certainly going to be the chief of staff He's of heaven. Gonna, 
I, I, if, 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 and if he is not the chief of staff, he will be on the committee that picks the chief of staff, okay? Because the, the, the Lord, man, I don't think we should go with that, with nah, that I one. I don't like him. I don't like him. I don't like him. I just Not got some jewels in the crown. <laughs> Not enough jewels in the crown. Of course, we are talking about <laughs> this brother here. Now, before, before we, we give you a chance to introduce yourself, I have to say just a few more things to embarrass you, but also to let people feel the weight of the honor okay. that we have in this moment of let, having let him know. a man of this caliber among us. Not only has this man been voted three years in a row the most theological Asian to ever been. <laughs> they said he's the most theological Asian to ever walk the planet. So they they give it. Not only was he, was he a professor, okay, who taught theology to all of you theology less people out there. You think you know the word? You think you know the languages? You don't know anything. Let me tell you something. If you, he hasn't taught you, I will question what you've learned. You are theology dash less. That's weird. That theology less. If you haven't been taught, you are sans. <laughs> Listen, the caliber of mind thought that is then also accompanied with leadership ability that we have here at this table gives me hope. As I read the studies from Barna and Pew Research and the hashtag Christian nationalism that is trending every day. As I read all these negative reports, and I think, Lord, will you send someone? Man, raise up a judge. Would you raise up a judge? Or, or Deborah. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. 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 Not Deborah. <laughs> Would you raise up a man to stand in the gap, Lord God? <laughs> Brothers and sisters, the Lord has answered. <laughs> And his name is Ray. <laughs> <laughs> He's right here. <laughs> now, now, Welcome Ray. to the show, my brother. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thank, thank you for having me. Before I let you continue to bear false witness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me, man. Let, let me be clear. That <laughs> I don't deserve any of that. And uh, I did not teach theology, even though I do like to do theology. He, he has to say that. He has to say that for, for humility's sake. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you introduce yourself to, to the people? Talk yeah. a little bit about your background and then uh, some of the exciting initiatives that we are about yeah. to sink well, our hands Well, to. first of all, let me say thank you so much yeah. uh, to both of you uh, for, for bearing witness Truthfully, apart from everything you just said about me, <laughs> you have such an incredible ministry of serving the church broadly. Amen. Amen. And uh, so many people are blessed by your pontifications uh -huh. and your reflections uh -huh. and your punditry that uh -huh. is just poetic and beautiful in so many different ways. Thank you, brother. So very Thank grateful you. to be on here with you. Um, my name is Ray Chang. I serve as the executive director of the 10 by 10 collaboration. Yes. Uh, we got connected because of the work that I was doing at, through and through the Asian American Christian Collaborative, yes, mm -hmm. uh, which is um, which is an organization that I also have the privilege of leading, and so I'm from the Chicagoland area, but lived all over the world, yes. and have the privilege of knowing fine folk like you. Yes, yeah. I love that. I love that. We are excited to talk to you about an initiative that we have been uh, uh, made aware of through our our friendship with with Ray, and also through many conversations. We've been looking for ways for us to partner as well. This idea of 10 by 10. Talk to us about that. Why is it important? And then we'll, we'll continue the conversation. Yeah, so a few years ago, uh, a study was released by a foundation called the Pine Tops Foundation. Yeah. And they projected that a million young people were going to walk away from the faith every single year. 2023 is when we're recording. And the number is likely closer to 1.4 million now. Oh, wow. 
And so 1.4 million young people are walking away from the faith. Within like a 30 to 90 minute span, that's like two, three people yeah. walking away from a full life with Jesus. Man. And so people started having conversations around this. There was yeah. there were some discussions to figure out what can we do to address this. Yeah. And it became very clear that we couldn't do this on our own. Mm. There's a lot of great work being done all throughout the country. Great podcasts, great events, local church ministries, individual mentoring, yeah. national organizational efforts, yeah. parachurch organizations that are doing some great things. And yet we're still seeing this massive decline. Right. And so 10 by 10 started formulating, started having conversations with a variety of people and then decided that we need to do something about it. Yeah. The only thing we can do is do something together. Mm, I love that. And so we came out with a mission uh, a few years ago to make faith matter more for 10 million young people over the course of the next 10 years. That's where 10 by 10, 10 by comes 10. from. I love it. And yeah. so we're doing that in the spirit of John 10, 10, which is to... Ensure that people experience the full and abundant life that, pe- that Jesus offers. Yes. And to encourage people to prioritize the youth in their midst and to make sure that they're accurately portraying and reaching and discipling young people. Yes. Well, yes. I love that y'all are anchoring this in John 10 10. Yeah. Because a lot of concern about the declining reach of Christianity in this world uh, is shared among the churches and Christian leaders. The motivation behind doing something about it is different for a lot of folks. Mm -hmm. For some people, the motivation is, what would it mean if Christians weren't just the most, the largest religion in the land? Mm -hmm. I just like it when we are in control, when we're dominant, when our guys yeah. are in office, that kind of thing. Right. Where it's more like a, a play of, of power. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to lose to the other guys, right? Right, right. So our motivation to do something about it is really much, uh, very much driven by trying to, to be number one. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Some people's motivation is everything that we do in this organization is dependent upon the generosity and the money of Christians. So we don't have a conference. We don't have, we don't have a church. We don't have a tour. We don't have a radio station. If there aren't Christians yeah. that are willing to be generous or give us money. Yeah. So that motivates us. It's kind of a capitalistic, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. livelihood, livelihood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this is, this is, it, it's practical. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. Right. We need more Christians because we need more money. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love that. It feels like in all the conversations that I've had with folks who are working with 10 by 10, is that you don't realize what it is to live in a world without Jesus and what that means for your soul, what it mean, means for the fullness of your life, what it means for the flourishing of our society. Right. To be driven by you folk, we all want everyone to experience the fullness that we have experienced in Christ. That feels like a crime to me. Right. For you not to have Jesus. It mm. is... It is evil to me for you not to have the fullness of life that is in Christ Jesus. And I am driven to make that right for the sake of the souls of a nation, of a world, you know? Mm -hmm. So I love that distinct drive that is, you know, basically pushing this missional effort. Yeah, no, that's so good because I think, you know, we're, we're certainly seeing the numbers of the decline uh, accelerate, right? I mean, by 2070, Pew did a study where 
by 2070, less than 50% of the U.S. population is anticipated to identify as Christian. Wow. Our driving force isn't that the majority of the population is Christian just so that we have power. Right, uh right. But when we see those numbers decline, it means that people are not walking with Jesus. Yes. And if they're not walking with Jesus, they can't experience that full and abundant yes, life right, that right, Jesus right. offers. Yes, yes. They yes. don't know what a full life is, a full life, a life of of peace and yes. wholeness and yes. and and creativity and yes. joy. Yes. And so they keep wandering and, and pulling and extracting and, yes. and searching in all these different places for yes. something that only Jesus can provide. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely yeah. love that. Yeah. So what you lead 10 by 10, um, what does your team look like? So what, what are the kind of folks that you have in place that are helping to turn the tide? Yeah, so I mean, our, our team primarily, so our, our staff team primarily exists to serve our partners, uh, to, to help continue to move the movement forward and to really catalyze youth discipleship all throughout the country to be able to reach young people effectively. And so our strategy is all around relational discipleship that's Mm. radically focused on Jesus. So we care about Jesus. And what we've seen is that too many churches, too many leaders are dependent on programming over focusing on people, Mm. trying to be more relevant than than investing in relationship. And so we're trying to say, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's take a step back. Mm -hmm. Let's look at where we are now. Let's see what got us here. Yeah. Let's see how the industrial complex of the church has led to this moment. Yeah. Let's see what we've stripped from Christian discipleship and see that a lot of it just happens to be that one-on-one, face-to-face, heart-to-heart, person-to-person, life-on-life relationship. Yes, absolutely. Right. Because absolutely. I would be curious to, to ask you, because I know a little bit about your story. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. What was it that really stoked the fire for Christ in your lives? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. That led you to come to faith at such a young age, yeah, yeah, and continue to persevere amidst all the heartbreak, all the challenges, all yeah. the difficulties, all the struggles, all yes. the hypocrisy, which is actually the number one reason. Hypocrisy is the number one reason that people who have no faith are likely to deny or doubt Christianity. Really, yeah. And we see it if we're on the inside quite yes. a bit. Right, right. That right. was actually my, that was gonna be my next question. What, what, what are the factors that are causing people? to be turned off to Christianity. And you're saying that number one is the hypocrisy of those that claim to know him. Yeah, for those outside the church, but then for those inside the church. So there was a survey done in uh, in Texas. And I'm like, when I saw the results of the survey, I'm like, this is what I'm hearing all throughout the country. Because I used to work at a, at a, co- a Christian college. Wheaton, right? Where, right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> where you taught theology. Yeah. I, I served in campus ministries. <laughs> in, in my heart, he taught theology. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so uh, the, the, there's a study that was done in Texas. And they, they said that young people within the church are walking away from the church for three reasons. These are the perceptions that they have. The church is irrelevant. The teaching is outdated. Mm. The church is unloving, that they don't know how to navigate and embrace and love those who are different from from them. Mm-hmm. And that the church is inauthentic or they feel like the church is constantly trying to manipulate them. Give mm. some heavy words, yes. Paul Blart. Give some Man. heavy words. It's yeah. funny, too, because you were asking <clears throat> about what really led us to, you know, really start serving Jesus at a young age. And it is what you're talking about. It was really the life on life discipleship stuff. So for instance, like for me, not that this is ev- not 
this this is everybody's story, but I did not essentially come to know or find Jesus in the church. Mm. I found Jesus from a brother, Mr. Kevin Elijah Smooth and Groove Burgess over here, who shared the gospel with me while we were working at a grocery store. Yep. And then I still didn't step foot in the church because I started coming to his house and asking him all kinds of questions about Jesus. Yes. What does Jesus think about this music that I'm listening to? What does Jesus think about this? What does Jesus think about that? What does Jesus think about this? What does Jesus think about that? And it was not necessarily like a program. It wasn't ministry programming. Yeah. It was life on life. Yes. It was just me coming to his house, asking questions, him answering it, him teaching me how to read the Bible, showing me how to use a concordance. And then, I mean, eventually I started going to church, right? Yeah. Wait, wait, how but old were you at this time? 15. 15, right? So, I mean, th I this was, was... He was 16, I was 15. I mean, you're... Whoever's listening, you have to know, like, the two people that are sitting in front... I don't know how much y'all tell your story, mm -hmm. but it's... It's an inspiring story. Like, this is the type of community that the Bible, that would have been included in the Bible. Oh, ah, man. That's, that's powerful. Yes, yeah, so that is powerful, though. Right? And wow. so, I like, thought about it like that, but I, yeah. And so, I, that, I mean, like, I want to ask that question mostly because I'm like, there is so much that I think your listeners would benefit from just mm. hearing yes. about how you navigate, how you grew in your faith. Yes. And so, please continue. No, yeah. that's good, Ray. Yeah, I, yeah. Man, that is good. I think... Um, that felt heavy, man. I that little, is heavy. Little, I just, little, little tear yeah, I, 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 I know, right? A little, <laughs> started expanding a little, a little bit. Missed. Um, Man, that, that is really good, Ray. I, I, and, and, it, it, and honestly, when I look back on it, it kind of feels like that, though. It felt more axed, like more axed to type-ish yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. than it did like we're just, you know, bringing you to a a service or some kind of ministry programming, right? Not that that's bad. I mean, of course, a lot of people get saved that way, but I think that it, it was the life on life discipleship piece that was important. And that's what that was. That's yeah. what, I, I, I don't know if KB would have thought about it like that at the time, like yeah. he would have been using that type of language, but it was life on life, one-on-one -on -one discipleship, you know, meeting me where I was, um, yeah. you know, in the midst of everyday, ordinary pedestrian life. Yes. Um, and seeing and, and, how the faith applied to that. And I think that that was the obsession of Christian hip-hop at that time. Yeah, so all that we, is absolutely right. We the, the soundtrack to our lives was the, the music that Christian hip-hop artists were making. So it was like Cross Movement, mm -hmm. The Truth, yep. Lecrae, Triple E, uh, a bunch of others, yep. Flame, Shailene, a bunch of folks. Uh, yeah, yep. big shout-out to Flame. Mm -hmm. Um but that's all they talked about as if there was not anything else that mattered mm. besides discipling people. Lecrae said, I'm out to take the Bible, create disciples that, that make, make disciples, disciples and cycle cycles. Right, mm. right. That's all he talked about. Yeah. That, mm. And every single album, every concert, it mm. was all distant discipleship or sonic discipleship. It was trying to connect you so to a deeper a deeper relationship with Jesus that was almost exclusively life on life. Mm. That's the phrase we used for about the first six years of we our faith. Like the, I mean, life on life. A Christian life rapper named Jason had an album called Jason Life on Life. Jason had an album called Life on Life. Yep. That, that... Flame had an album, Our World Redeemed. Yes. Which he had an album, he had two albums, Our World Fallen, Our World Redeemed. I would take them as a... Uh, as a double album. That's yeah, what I would yeah. take them as, even though they were released at different times. But if we remember, the whole album was Flame walking his friend through yes. grief. Mm, he, lost right. somebody in the, he lost somebody in the killed. street. His yeah. friend got killed. And he was walking him through life. It was not a ministry programming thing. It was, yeah. I'm with you. Your friend died. Let's talk about it. Yes. Let's talk 
That's what it was. Uh-huh. I, I just let me that just say was this. the obsession of Christian hip hop at the time, man. <sighs> wow, this is this is good, bro. Yeah. Let me just say this real quick. Bro. Yeah. I run a couple companies. Okay. <laughs> when we hey, have Pete over here. When we have we <laughs> hey, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> and we're just we're just <laughs> raking it in. All right, all right. Let me stop. No, all right, all right, here we go. Uh-huh. When we sit down, one of my least favorite things to do is sitting down with spreadsheets. Yeah. I hate it. Admin. Lisa, stuff. shout out to Lisa. She does all the finances for, for HJ Productions and KB116. But when she sits down with me and we look at the numbers of where, th- where money is going, where are we spending money, mm-hmm. and I get to then put that on the backdrop of what is making us money, mm-hmm. it simplifies things. If you're spending a whole bunch of money on X and X is bringing in a little bit of money, X gets X'd, okay? <laughs> right, right. Uh, and we do that macro and micro ways. You know what I'm saying? Macro is like the, our, renting out our production space uh, and, and, you know, just there's a lot happening here. But micro is like down to is a sticker. This mm-hmm. one little sticker. How is it doing in, in relationship to how much we invested into it? comes to ministry, I often think we forget. And let me just identify with God's people, God's leaders, mm-hmm. and say that I think I have forgotten many times in my own life that the most fruitful, profitable, uh, wealth-inspiring effort of the church is the creation of disciples. That's it. Making disciples is the goal of Jesus' ministry. Not mm-hmm. converts, not convincing pe- people. Mm-hmm. I feel like Twitter's a lot of convincing. I just want to convince you that you're wrong. Right. But that is not transform. Yeah. We want people to be baptized into all the Lord has command, all, all the Lord has commanded, and then being then emerging in his image. Right. But if you look at our efforts as a church, does the P&Ls mm. and the reports and the efforts of our resources, whether they be financial or otherwise, do they point to that being the most profitable aspect of what we're doing wow. here? Or if you look at our, at our spending habits, our investing habits, mm. you are mainly going to see the program. That's what we care the most about. It, and, and the truth of the matter is, most of us, most of the folks that I know, especially in that little revival we were a part of in, in, in our early 20s and our late teens, most of those people that got saved in that arena are still walking with Jesus to this day, right. by the way. Right. I'd probably say about 75% of them. Let me, let me just um, interrupt really quick because yeah. I don't think people know how much time you invested into discipleship both of you i mean just like in the community in the conversations you had Mm -hmm. in the apartments how often you met you know how you created and carved out space week in and week out and how many times a week yeah after work y'all so i want you to share that yes you know to your point about making disciples as as the highest investment that any christian organization or any christian can make or any christian leader can make right if you look at matthew 28 yes which is Kind of the the charge to all Christians. Yes. Uh-huh. Go and make disciples of all nations. 
baptizing them in the Father and in, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right. teaching them to you know basically follow the ways of Jesus. Yes. The key word, because in the Greek, especially throughout the scriptures, the the highlight is usually around the verbs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The key word that we lose in the English is actually make disciples. Uh huh. Uh huh. We think is it go? So it's 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 missionary. We always hear go. Yeah. We always uh -huh. hear people talk about go, 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 right, go. Right. Is it make disciples? Is it is it baptize? Right. Is it teach? And we're called to do all that. Right. But the key is to make disciples. Yes, that's beautiful, man. But I don't know if people that's have yeah a vision or an understanding of what that looks like today. And I think what from from our conversation about a year ago when yeah. we were. Roaming around Tampa. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the testimony of your words yeah. about Jesus yeah. and how y'all created, cultivated friendship, yep. mm -hmm. poured into people, right. and then grew this community, which I don't even think people know about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like to the degree that, yes. you know, that, you, that you've shared with me. I, that's what I, I'd love for people to hear. Like what does relational discipleship actually look like? Mm -hmm. That is really, really good, man. That's really good. And I don't think we've shared I, much we about it. it. And we um, should. It's always just been just assumed in our hearts mm -hmm. and minds. In fact, when when Ray, Raymond came down, we were talking about it passing. Right. And he passively. was like, hold on. He had this pause. <laughs> Tease it out. Like, yeah, yeah. We, we yeah, for years. We, yeah, that's yeah, what we did. We were in an apartment for yeah, years. That's we were discipling. Right. We did Bible studies. The <laughs> newspaper right. reported on it. He was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, hold on. Did y'all like, like this? This special. Story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. So, let me just say this before I, I answer Ray's question. It just dawned on me right now that, uh, and shame on me for it, but most of everyone that I know, uh, they didn't get saved at churches. They got mm. saved because, again, like at, at work, somebody mm. shared the gospel with them, somebody had them over, someone was there with them while they were grieving. It was typically you... Trust Jesus, and then you get brought into a community. Right. Now, a church community, a local church, which I've been feeling this lately, speaks to how serious the local church needs to be. Mm -hmm. there, there needs to be, a, a, a for those who are leading in this space, right. a, a, a burden to maintain a purity because people are having real encounters with God. Yep. Then they go to your church and have all these encounters mm -hmm. with everything except God. They get encounters with your ego and your, 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 your lack of understanding and your defensiveness and your so on and so forth that then says things about who God is, yeah. who his church is supposed to be yeah. that are inconsistent with mm -hmm. the God that they fell in love with right. in their bathroom, mm -hmm. okay, when they were on their knees weeping before him. Right. So I, there's a man a sacredness to what we're doing here as well that we are delivering the very souls of people into these communities. Those communities have to do well with them, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I want to say that because I have too many stories of genuine relationship with God coming to life, a, a, like a seed that is growing and blossoming then brought into some toxic, you know, short-sighted, right. unspiritual, carnal-minded right. right. shepherding program that is a church mm -hmm. and, and have them plucking, you know what I'm saying? That's not always the case, but right. God forbid it continue to be the case. All right, answer your question though, Ray. I met uh, Amin at work 
it was at that point, uh, I was pretty much by myself. I, I had a few guys that I went to school with that loved Jesus, uh, but they, uh, uh, they didn't live near me. They lived cities away. Uh, so I would see them and then I would mainly be at home. And I, my mom had a ton of tapes from various preachers. I would be listening to tape after tape. I would mm-hmm. get in the word maybe like three or four hours a day. I mean, in the beginning, I was drinking down the word of God as much as I could. Mm-hmm. I could not believe that I've had this book sitting by my side all these years and it meant nothing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lord had opened my eyes to mm-hmm. what I was missing, the abundant life. Yeah. How, how old were you then? I was 15. Okay. I was probably about a year into that, uh, about a year into kind of walking with the Lord. And uh, I was talking to my cousins about it. Uh, my cousins were starting to show some signs of faith. I had a, a high school sweetheart before uh, I, I, I trusted Jesus. Uh, I, I Our relationship changed radically. Uh, I, I led her to Jesus uh, and then broke up with her. That's a whole other thing. Uh, oh, no, you did. We, were, we were cool afterwards. She totally got it. She was like, I get it. This, this isn't going to work. Right, right. Um, but, You're too uh, radical. <laughs> <laughs> you love Jesus more than you love me. <laughs> it, was, it, it was actually extremely amicable, healthy. End. But uh, anyways, uh, but I, I was looking for when I, I, I didn't know about the Romans road or about the Christian's job is to go out evangelize. And I didn't really know that as a discipline. It just flowed out of my heart. Right. I found Jesus and I want y'all to experience this as well. So that was my conversation. Long story short with, with Amin, he's here. We're talking. We connected on culture. We wore the same shoes. Uh, we were both in the fashion. Southside St. Pete was was typically fashion wise behind the rest of the world, right. rest of the nation when it came to. So if I saw somebody that was wearing like was current like, fashion yeah. and not just like Dickies then outfits, you knew that they were like, okay. So you must be like <laughs> right. a sneakerhead or right, you know right. fashion that kind of thing. So we connected over fashion. He was actually voted best dressed at his school. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Which wasn't hard. I'm just playing. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> the the, the runner-up was, runner was, was wearing a bucket hat that he got from the gas station. Stop, Anyways, man. So uh, I'm, I'm hating on Southside so bad. Uh, anyways, so as we started to, you know, I, 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 as, as he's, he literally, I mean, would ask me questions every day after I met him. Yeah. About who was God who was he? What was he made for? What about these things? What about those things? And we got to a place where um, it was clear that he wanted to trust Jesus. He went alone in the room and did it a, a few times. He yep. said, had to double check it. Double you know what I'm saying? It. He said, <laughs> he, he confessed and believed, but yeah. then he had to double stamp it a week later to make sure it stuck. And it did. Yeah. And uh, and then we were together, I would say, not a week went by that we didn't see each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's true. And we were not just getting together to talk about, you know, no. Cassidy's new battle rap that just dropped. We, we, we did talk about that. Yeah. But then we talked about what was God saying to us through his word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about that week in, week out. We had opportunities to share the gospel. I yeah. rapped about an opportunity uh, that we had one day when we were out sharing the gospel uh, outside of my house. I have I lived uh, adjacent to two dope houses. Um, uh, for those who don't know what dope, everybody knows what dope houses. Yeah, right. Drug dealing yeah. uh, residents. The Carter. <laughs> uh, a drug, uh, uh, yeah. Narcos. Uh, crack house. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so I lived, that's where, that's where we lived at and, and people would be walking around all the time. So we would just stop people in the streets and just start having conversations with them about the Lord. 
Um, and uh, one day there was wait, a- wait, so that's another piece. Like, what did that look like? So you guys are just walking around this randomly. Yeah. We were like literally having conversations with each other. Yeah, just and you got to think about. In, in, but this in, is culture. This is in the this hood. Is everybody's hood outside. People are outside. So everybody's just hanging around outside. Everybody's just outside. So we're outside. So if we were they're outside, we're outside. Right. You know. What I'm yeah, so yeah, we yeah. talking to each other. There's people walking by. You might say what's up to them. They might say what's up to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know. And so we outside. People walking by. We might start just. Strike up a conversation, but hey, well, they, they might say, "Hey, what's, how y'all doing?" We be like, "Yeah, yeah, how you, you know, doing, yeah, man? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, I can't call it. You know, yeah, I can't call. You got it, you, you, yeah, you know." And then we may say, "Hey, man, so what you, you know, you go to church, or you, you know, we may just it was just like that, you know, like yeah." Thizzle had this song called "Church Boys." Uh, it was the first time that I heard Thizzle was a uh, again caught up in that yes. life on life discipleship boom. That happened yeah. 2005, 2006, 2007, yeah. all the way to about 2011. And he got saved the same way. And he got saved the same way. Flame, who was a good friend of yeah, ours, shout out to Flame. Was, was, they were outside the church and Flame walked up to him on the street. They were all outside. He was on the street. Uh, this was outside selling drugs. He, was, yeah, he, he walked was selling up to drugs. him and was like, hey, man. <laughs> You 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 ever been to church? You got any background in it with God? Stuff like, I don't do all of that. I'm out here trying to feed my family. It's like, hey, God's calling you. I mean, we've said I've said that to uh, several people. Like yeah. God, I can say it with prophetic authority. God is calling you. Yeah. Mm. Now, I dropped that on somebody, and they're like, oh shoot, my grandma just said it to me yesterday. <laughs> yes, bro. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so Thizzle he got saved just how how how, how we, we got, did. Yeah. Thizzle made this song called Church Boys. It was the first time I had ever heard a song about church that was actually, like, I was proud yes. to be considered one, yeah, like a church boy. absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I, we would start conversations like that. You, been, you go to church. They're like, church? Yeah. None of us go to church. I know you don't go to church. I was like, yeah, actually, I do. Yeah. I'm out here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And don't let it be after a basketball game. After I used to be good at basketball. Yeah, so yeah, after yeah, I you just dropped 30 on you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Hey, now let me drop Jesus <laughs> let on you. Let me drop Jesus on you. <laughs> We did a lot of that. We got together throughout the week. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, church was merely an accelerant. And I'm yes. not saying... You're right, though. I'm not saying it should have been more... I think God's vision is for it to be more, more than yes. that. But largely, but if that we're time, honest, yes. church was not where yeah. our Christianity was really happening. It felt like church was like we went on the sideline and, and, and drank Gatorade That's and then right. we got back on the field. And we got back on the field. That's what it felt like. <laughs> yes. No, that's what it felt and like. We need it because yeah. you need you need the we electrolytes. Need yes. You need the hydration. Yes. You but can't do it without it. That's exactly But there was exactly not. Right. There was nothing. It didn't feel like church was the game. That absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. Well said. Mm -hmm. And some would probably say that's the way it should be. Sure. But you're also saying like, well, church is also the place where the flame goes out. Message. It could. It can be. It has. That has been the case. Yeah. I just. It can I, be I'll, the place where this. you get subbed out of the game. And I, and I I don't know if my uncle will hear this, um, but if he does hear it, he he, he was going to agree with me. Um, but I won't say his name, so he, he'd be cool with that. I have an uncle that was one of the biggest drug dealers in Southside St. Petersburg. I mean, you just, all I had to do was say his name, and and and, and demons would flee. Uh, <laughs> I mean that in the new demon sense <laughs> yeah, in the yeah, culture yeah. Not, today. Not the spiritual demons. Not spiritual demons. Uh, they loved him. Anyways... <laughs> Somebody emptied a gun, like a, a, a whole clip on him, a whole magazine, sorry, oh, not a clip. They emptied an entire magazine on him, point blank range. I think they probably had like a nine millimeter, something like that. So it was probably like nine or 10 shots, emptied the whole thing right in front of him, as close as we are. And he only got hit twice in the leg. And they were all flesh wounds. I remember him going through rehab, the nurse coming over, cleaning his wounds, giving him shots and stuff like that. Anyways, he knew God. 
had saved his life. Mm -hmm. He knew he should have been dead. He gave his life to the Lord radically and became one of the biggest evangelists mm. in Southside St. Petersburg. Went to the same trap houses that he was doing his thing in, that ran the same streets, just proclaiming the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Got connected with the church. I want to serve God. That's his thought. I want to serve God. Where do I serve God? Where do I serve God? I need to be connected with the ministry. Oh, man. That church emptied him, not all just, just all his money, but all of his spiritual fervor. It was like it's where his calling went to die. <laughs> and they let that boy out on the other end, mangled, and I, I, I won't put his business out from that yeah. point. But I also had a framework, too, of how sometimes if you're not plugged into the right place, if you are going to a place that has just made peace with hypocrisy and division, and they've made peace with compromise. Yeah, exploiting you. And ex exploitation. Yeah. Uh, then the church also becomes, it can become a dangerous place. You know what I'm saying? So I had some frame. Not the type of dangerous. Of, not, not the like, good dangerous. Like the good dangerous. But, I, but dangerous yeah. Jesus yeah, yeah. is about that. that yeah. That's what it's saying. It's saying that there is a dangerous version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, and I think that the church is, is no, no different. So yeah. we did that for years. And I you guys are meeting Tampa. how many times? How many times oh, man, were you we guys meeting a week? Every day. Every yeah, day. Yeah, and then, yeah. I mean, it'd be weird if we didn't... If we didn't see each other... At least three or four days Yeah, it was these And then how, how, how many hours of conversation are you guys having around oh, Jesus? Man, I, I can't... Every day. Uh, uh, the, all day. Yeah, it'd be it a was, long, yeah. long conversation. And then it, it would ebb and flow. It wouldn't be like, okay, let's start our six hours. No, it, was, it wasn't formulaic. That's the thing. It wasn't like, we're meeting today to talk about Jesus. It was mm -hmm. like, we were friends, so... We Ooh. were, we, yeah, go ahead. Another example of what you're talking about is my band, okay? Oh, yes. I, I think say, I told you about yes. this. Yes. And, say, I, and this I, is even, a good I haven't asked, I mean, what does this mean? Yes. So I, I'm a Christian artist. Folks know that. Most Christian artists do devotionals and Bible studies mm -hmm. on the road, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I don't do none of that, okay? Yeah. We don't, we've with, done, his, with their band. With their band, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, with He's their like, band. I don't do none of that when I'm I on the road, period. When I'm on the road, <laughs> no it's Bible, TikTok, popcorn, no. <laughs> and performances. <laughs> no. I do all of that stuff, <laughs> but I'm doing it typically with watch, watching church online or I got my books. In fact, when I'm on the road, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working on things. I'm learning, I'm, I'm learning Spanish. I'm getting through books that I've been trying to get through. Uh -huh. Like it is spiritually invigorating when I'm on the road, actually. Mm -hmm. But I don't really cultivate a community-wide thing. You know what I'm saying? And I had one guy on my team last year say, man, it would be nice if you could like at least do a sermon for us on Sunday or something. So uh, I was like, here's a link. Watch this, this service. Uh, anyways, I start to feel bad about, man, because I'm seeing other band members, they, they'll, they'll get together. I mean, we pray before we go on stage, mm -hmm. but we're not doing like dedicated, where I'm pouring into these guys. But in the last three years, okay, I had a, a guitar player. I have, he's still with me right now. My mm -hmm. guitar player, Deshaun. Shout out Deshaun. Deshaun. Powerful artist. He's on the song "Daddy" on my yes. new album. Mm -hmm. Deshaun, two years ago, at my at the show, he's behind me playing. I preach the gospel. He believes on the gospel. He 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 stay. He goes out to the audience. Another guy comes up, gives a, a altar call. Deshaun goes up, gives his life to Jesus, and has been walking with Jesus ever since. Amen. And has been literally yeah. Hitting me, hey, I need more books. I need, and he mm. asked me questions. Yep. We'll, we'll talk through issues. He's in a great relationship right now with a young lady that, I, that looks like she might be the one. Mm -hmm. You know, that they, they are, they are, he's actually a worship leader at his church right mm. now. 
And I'm and and so that's the story with Deshaun. But then my drummer Mo, who yes. I've been with for almost seven years. Shout out Mo. Mo's always walked with Jesus, but I it was I just didn't. I never sensed just the fire, like 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 the I'm just enthralled with all things God, like I have in the last three years in His life. Mm. Same thing. Mm. There's a couple other people on my team. The same stories by merit of us just being around each other. We talk about the Lord all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We talk about mm-hmm. what we're reading all day. Where you're seeing me performing, and you're seeing who I am off the stage. You're seeing me, and my wife, and my kids are sharing the gospel with uh, one of the workers at the arena. Yeah. You're seeing all of that, and somehow, and I told I mean that I was confused by it. Yeah. Somehow, I have had more impact on these people around me without programming it. Mm. That's, yeah. That's what you told me. It was life on life. Yep. It was life on life. Yep. And I, I didn't have an answer at the time. I said, how is this happening? Yeah, yeah I remember. He and you was like, what do you think is going on? <laughs> and then we it's were, just and, the spirit of God. Just, I said, it's the spirit moving as he wills. <laughs> like the wind. Yeah, bro. And that's the conclusion that we came up with. Yeah, bro. But- like you said, it wasn't programming, bro. It wasn't programmed. And and I think that the church has, in some sense, in some cases, gotten lost in the programming. It's the programming that does the work. Yep, yep. yep. Um, and uh, not that not that you shouldn't put stuff together. Like you shouldn't say yes. we're gonna go do an outreach or we're we're you know we're no gonna put this together. Play. Yeah, you know <laughs> what I'm saying. Like I, I think that all of that is is well and good, but. We can't do that at the expense of forgetting what life on life discipleship is like. So yeah. you can't do that at the expense of maybe you need to invite people to your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you need to go out. Maybe you should go out with your coworker. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, depending on where it's at. For sure, for but sure. if your coworker say, hey, we want to go to Glory Days and watch Clemson play Duke, yeah, 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 yeah. maybe you should go yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Sure, like, yeah. like, um, and and I, I remember I went to a uh but before I left the last company I was working for, man, I went to a a, a, um, a happy hour thing with my coworker. He was telling me he had he had uh, uh, sleeves on his arm, like religious imagery, and I was asking him about it. He was like, "Yeah, man, I used to be really religious. It was all Jesus stuff." And he was really? like, "I'm not anymore." Mm-hmm. Like you don't know about the conversation. Oh, so why? Like yeah. what happened? Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I'm saying? And I, and and I believe that his was also like hypocrisy in the church stuff. Yeah. But like you don't know what kind of conversations can happen from doing that kind of mm-hmm. stuff, man. Yeah, it doesn't bro. have to be like, hey, I don't you come to our ministry outreach on Thursday night. Yeah. That's not bad. You can yeah. do that too. For people sure. can say doing that. Because we did but that too. We did that too. We yeah. did the same thing with that too because yeah. we had a Bible study. Tuesday we was inviting nights. people for a Bible study called Bodybuilders. Yep. And so we were met like, come to there. Bodybuilders. Yep. We were like, yes. We all met them at the same time. Yep. So we used to be like, come to our Bible study. So we did that. But the life on life stuff was impactful. You know what I mean? I had, I had a dude in my neighborhood that I grew up with. Um, I mean, he's in jail now. But... He would come to my house. He used to come to my house and be like, hey. And well, he started coming over the house and I started telling him about Jesus because he knew I was walking with the Lord. And I kid you not, one day he brought his family to my Mm. house. (laughs) His cousins. Mm. It was like five of them. And I was like, hey, what's up, man? He was like, what's up? He said, tell them what you told me (laughs) about God. That's what he said. Tell them what I was telling them. Uh You tell them what you told me about God. You know what I'm saying? That is not church. That is not at a small group. That was in my driveway. You feel what I'm saying? And so I think that that stuff, that is where, you know, um, people are going to meet Jesus in the church, but there are people that are not going to step foot in the church. Uh There are people that are not going to even maybe not go to your small group. They don't feel comfortable with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But you can bring church to them in that sense. You know what I mean? And then 
I, and 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 I think that that's how that's how it was happening. Yeah, you I know what I mean. Yeah. And and we did and that for years, we did years. that for a long time. Regular rhythms, and then our numbers started growing. Yep. We went from two, then we had ten, then twenty, then thirty. Right. Then I think we 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 were maxed out on a regular, squeezing into a two bedroom apartment. Mind you, a very dirty two bedroom apartment. <laughs> yes, man, in a bad <laughs> part of town. We lived. It was right in the hood. Yeah. But we had people driving in from Orlando. Some people came in from Orlando. It was yeah. multi ethnic. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was it was multi generational, multi generational. Yeah, yep. uh-huh. yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. We had yep. one one uh, Jim Finney must have been forty five. He might have been older than 50? that. Fifty. Yeah, he might have been in his late forties, early fifties. Yeah, 50s. just uh, coming you know, all the time. Yeah. White guy, white, white country dude in, southern the white dude from the sticks. Uh-huh. He was there all the time. And he yeah. was a mentor. That's right. That's right. He talked to us about the gospel, evangelism, yep. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, we saw that happening to the point where it got to the place where we were like, this is too big. Um, that mug was like turned into a church. It turned into a church. I mean, and I, I was, I love discipling people. So I, mm. I had like a revolving door in my room. Yeah. You know, did. I had a little, yeah. little bed, little computer stand. And that was all I had in my room. I was sitting in the computer stand, stand, and, and, uh, and, uh, I was sitting at the computer <laughs> yeah. and I would be turned around in my chair. Then there'd be a, a person there that we're walking through John. We're, Working through some issue, blah blah blah. They would leave. Another person yep, would come it was, in. It was really like Frankie Concepcion. Shout out, uh, shout out to him and, him and his wonderful Live. wife Gina. Yeah, shout uh, out Gina. Concepcion, who was also good friends of ours. That was with with us in that that they weren't they weren't together at that point, but they were both coming to the discipleship group. Both of them are walking with the Lord, yes. serving in their churches to this day. And uh, Frankie was n- uh, as unchurched as they come. Yes, uh-huh. I mean he was. He was in church, and when everybody stood up, he was sitting down. <laughs> yeah, he didn't know what to do. He didn't know what. <laughs> he was like, "What do I do with this 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 little <laughs> wafer? This wafer thing? What do I do with this mug? Dog? This piece of styrofoam." And, uh, yeah. And I th- and I, I had questions about if Frankie was just coming around for ulterior motives. So mm. I was like, you know what? The gospel will take care of this. I was mm. like, I'm going to disciple you, and we, we we will. I basically. Just kept preaching the gospel to him like every other day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But Frankie was so hungry and he was going through a lot, a yeah. lot. But he and we was always hungry. said it was like when he came to follow Jesus, his life he lost apart. everything. Like his yeah. life was pretty good before he found Jesus. <laughs> he found Jesus, everything. He lost all his money. Yeah. Everything was falling apart. But that brother was sleeping on the edge of, not, uh, on the floor of my room, uh-huh. right? Waking up. Uh-huh. You know, we're 19, 20, 21 yeah. years old. You know what I'm saying? Hungry. Yeah. To know this Jesus, you know what I'm saying. So, Go ahead. started with two, ended with fifty-ish. Yes. How long was that span? Uh, How many probably years? About three, three years, maybe three uh, years. Yeah, about three years. Yeah, about three. Now, now that was just fifty that were meeting regularly. Then we had an extended community in Orlando. Yeah, that and, probably was somewhere around 150. Uh huh. And then we yeah. were doing these concerts. Yep, we were and doing the biggest concerts. one that we did, the last one, the, the not the last one, but the biggest one we did was 400 people that came yeah. to that. So we, we they, did a concert called Give Him Glory concert. Yes. And so we the, were throwing those ourselves. Yes. yes. It wasn't like we we didn't have a it wasn't no we promoter. didn't have no promoter. That was All us we saying was we are going to rent out a uh, a church and we are going to invite everybody to this thing and people came. Yes. From everywhere. Were, uh, the concerts would be like we did one which is the dopest one I think uh-huh. called the at, Give Him Glory the Attributes of God. Yeah. Mm. So each artist would go and talk about an attribute. Mm. Yep. And they would do a song, talk about that attribute. Do yeah. a song, talk about that attribute. It was so about Jesus. Yeah. It was, and it was not so even funny, bro. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I would say that that 50 was then an extended community of about 150 maybe, but then our reach was then you know, 
statewide, I think. Which actually yeah. also contributed to contributed to Reach Records hearing about that him. That is the only reason that That's Reach how they heard about him. found out about me. Because people in other states were like, hey, there's these guys, HGA in Tampa. Uh-huh. They have a guy named KB. Yes. You should check them out when you go to Tampa. That's how he found out. And it he, was like people telling him about that in Texas. Yes, all over. And stuff California, like that. California, and he said This that was no Instagram. We didn't have no Twitter. He was always ignoring it, but he said that he kept hearing it everywhere he went. Uh. And we didn't even have an account anywhere. Yeah, we, we went like HGA had an account. We, we didn't nothing. Have, it was, it was not, all word of mouth. Pigeon word. carriers. Only all, pigeon carriers. All, only pigeon carriers. <laughs> People, oh yeah, so people, oh, and some people documented. A lot of people it. got around us and said that other people need to hear about this, and they were recording it and putting it out online, stuff like that. That was the only way that you could even find anything right. that we were doing. So, yeah. how many hours? Let's let's just calculate the hours really quick. <laughs> For three years, you're having conversations about Jesus. It started with two, keeps growing, fifty, a hundred, hundred fifty. How many hours? Because these are the intentional know. conversations that y'all are having, yeah. driven by some Holy Spirit filled passion. Was, yes, absolutely. That we can only describe as supernatural, all, as yeah. well as communally cultivated. Right. Because as soon as two people get together and then five people get together, it becomes catalytic. Right, yes. right, 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 right. Discipleship, conversation about Jesus becomes. Now it's like it's not just one person thinking about themselves, thinking about the Lord by themselves. Right. But there it's it's multiple people saying, Hey, have you thought about how God works himself out through this? Yes. Or how God is working through your difficult situation. Or yes. let me show you what God did in the Bible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How many hours do you think that is? And I don't know. I don't even I, I don't know hundreds if I can calculate. And hundreds yeah. and hundreds. Because I'm like, that's a seminary think, education. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, yeah. hundreds of hours. That's part, and I'm just going. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Go praise ahead. you. I, I mean, all my, all of my intros to you. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, like I, obviously, but I exaggerated. Yeah, we likewise, but, likewise. But I'm gonna. This is not an exaggeration. I mean, for example, uh, has he has he has he's college educated, but he does not have any official theological training. And we're trying to change that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Are trying to, everyone's trying to work on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, um, but I mean, on many occasions, has, I'm just going to say it, brother, humbled seminarians, mm. okay? Schooled teachers, mm. students on theology, because what I mean has done, a lot of the brothers and sisters in the community have done this, is that they had friends that went to school who just brought the syllabus home. So it said, here are the books yeah. that we're reading. Yeah. And they just read those books. Right. Now, I'm not saying that that's enough. Right. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. we're Excuse not, me. Yeah. I think that's more than enough. Yeah. I'm not saying that that, that makes seminary useless. Right. Just, they, absolutely not. What I'm not. saying is, is that what I have found, particularly in I mean, and there's a, a, there's a bunch of other brothers other people that I would say like that absolutely as well. Absolutely other people, yeah. That are, I'm thinking about Kina, for example, yes. who did not have an official theological. Man, but you but wouldn't that, be able that, to tell. That, that, that woman, the, yeah. I mean, everyone is hush. I right. don't care where you teach at. You're hushing when she's talking. Yeah. That that was a kind of experience as well, where there are, because of this hunger for God, you want to learn about him. You want to love him with your mind so it might then influence your heart and actions. We saw that happening very, very often. Right. Um, I went to school with a lot of dudes that would actually come to our gatherings. Mm-hmm. And they would they would say that they hadn't seen anything like it. Yeah. But they also would be hushed while they were there as well. Because mm-hmm. even the, you know, quote-unquote runts among us were still theologically heavy. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Because of the 
kind of time we've given to to studying, learning, and and hopefully embodying yeah. these things. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Now, one uh, of the things I'm like concerned about is that there is almost like a, a wild dichotomy between this organic type of discipleship, evangelism that takes place outside of the walls of the church, yeah. and then what people experience within the church. Mm-hmm. And I think what you said earlier is totally right, KB, where where whatever happens in the church should fuel what happens outside the church, and what happens outside the yep. church should also fuel what happens within the church. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sadly, that gets too bifurcated too often. Right, yeah, right. Well said. What do you say to the person? Actually, I would be curious what you would say to the person that's out in the community that is leaving or dismissing the significance of a church, of a local church body, because one of the, the realities of the pandemic is that it seems like somewhere around a third of the churches have closed down in the yeah, U.S. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And more churches continue to close down because people aren't coming back. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're used to kind of watching online. They, you know, they, they, they're finding community, yeah. life-giving community elsewhere. Yes. Churches aren't meeting their quote-unquote needs because of the consumerism that, that churches have kind of bought into, that many churches, not all, have not bought all. into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and so, what would you say to those folk who feel like the church is no longer relevant? Yeah. And then, what would you say to church leaders who feel like they're that, that they're either? Uh, what would you say to church leaders who don't know what they should be doing? Yep. That want to be doing something, yep. or are kind of stuck in their ways and blaming everyone else for people not coming to church? Because then there yes. there are churches that are still reaching. You know. Yep. Their their communities right. they're they're doing fine, but we're we're talking about these special communities that don't really want to have anything to do with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, I thought we were interviewing you, right? right. <laughs> uh, so let me start with uh, the person that's outside of the church, and I'm going to try to be like the person that's like I don't see the church as relevant, and they also I I was uh, talking to a sister, uh, uh, she was on our tour uh, beginning of last year. And she went through uh, her own kind of deconstruction, and uh, in a positive way, though she was, she had a bunch of stuff that was a part of her faith that needed not to be there. So she went through like a sanctification of what she believed, and 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 also some of her behavior. Um, and she said that at the beginning of her deconstruction, she wrote down in a notebook. Um, she wrote, "Please," she, she wrote to God. Help me discover who you were before I got to this church. Ooh. So she reflects on her relationship with God before she got to the church that she was at. And they, when she got to that church, they put on they gave her like a box. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Here's the hat you're gonna be wearing. Right, yep. Here is the new clothes you're gonna be wearing. Here are the foods you're gonna be eating. Right. Here are the places you can go. Here are the people you can listen to. Here are the people you cannot. Here, yeah. They 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 gave her this whole thing. And oftentimes that is coming from a a group of leaders who are unwell. Right. And the reason why they are obsessing over how things look is because they long ago have given up on the power of the Spirit of God to transform people on his own. We need to maintain images. It's not actually transforming people's lives. Because we can control image maintenance. You know what I'm saying? So she went through that and uh, she felt like when she got to the end of the process where she was like, what do I actually believe? Right, and that's what I mean by I mean constructive deconstruction. I don't right. mean it the way that that uh, maybe some folks might interpret it. But 
when she got to the end of weighing what it is that she believed, she said that she discovered Jesus again. Mm. And and uh, she went back to that same comment And at the bottom Goosebumps even thinking about this mug At the bottom of that comment she wrote in her notebook She put, I remember mm. Mm. Said, I remember And a lot of the work she had to do She did outside of church I mean, mm. it, this I think this is part of the rise of Christian therapists And, and, and I mean, ther- excuse me Therapists who are Christians I think yeah. the distinction is important Yeah, they're, 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 um, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the rise of of so many people In and outside the church Turning to other kinds of spiritual leaders that are different from the ones that we, you know, mm-hmm. we, we would ex- used to go into, mm-hmm. um, because I think that they're finding something outside of the local assembly uh, that is allowing true flourishing in their lives, and it's undeniable. Me and Flame talked about this at church on Sunday. We yeah. were talking about how, you know, like folks are, folks during the pandemic went home by order, right? So you had no choice. And while you were home, you got to see what is it like to do God outside of church. Mm-hmm. Mm. And whether we like it or not, a lot of people really, really enjoyed that. <laughs> and it was hard to go back <laughs> yeah. because that they found, with all due respect, but I'm saying what I'm saying because right. they found that their church was lar- largely just preaching. And if they got the preaching, which they did through the live stream, why do they need to wake up early, fight their children, fight their spouse, mm. walk in late, you know what I'm saying, and, and right. be embarrassed about that? You know what I mean? Why do I, I can give online, I can watch this online, and I get with my brothers and sisters throughout the week. I, what's happening here? Mm. I'm not endorsing that. Yeah. I am not endorsing that. KB is not endorsing that. Okay? <laughs> but I'm saying that was a realization that a lot of people made. And as they were going back to church, they found themselves... Not better off by being back. It was weird now. Uh, a lot of folks that were there before, that's how it was when we went back to yeah, our church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't know anybody there. We're like, yeah. who are you? All, all these people? Yeah, there's a, new, a whole bunch of new it's people. A, it's a whole new, new, is there's new people there. So it's like, it's like the church is restarting again. Right. So now the, the other thing that keeps me at church is community, the social interaction. Now that's missing. Mm-hmm. All that to say, I understand where folks are coming from. I do think that it's important for us to trust God when we can't trace what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I trust that God has a vision for his people in local churches. That's what the scripture teaches. I trust that even when I don't exactly have the data <laughs> to support why this is so much better than anything else. But I do believe that God is making his church through local churches mm-hmm. into something beautiful in my participation, my cornonia, right? My participation is vital to what God is wanting to do right. in these 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 churches. Now, me and I mean were in Antigua in, in, in Antigua years uh-huh. ago. Uh-huh. And no disrespect to my Antiguan brothers and sisters, but we we were met overwhelming. We were overwhelmed. At, I mean, from the time we got to the airport to the time we left, of how many people were listening to our podcast in Antigua. Mm. Yeah. And uh, I mean, people coming out the woodworks talking about yeah. episodes they heard before. Wow. And it's like, what did you mean by this? And the question that we kept getting asked mm-hmm. is, what did we hear you say they were supposed to be in churches? Yeah. We want to be in churches. Yeah. Where are the churches? But where are the churches? Yeah. Can you give us a directory? We're on an island, brother. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We just can't drive across. Right. You know, so so what do we do? 
And all I could say, and this is what I'm going to say to these folks right to your question. This is my best attempt at it, all right? To some degree, we have to take responsibility for our own walk with God. God is going, you're going to stand before him and give an account for what you did, not what your pastor said about you or didn't do or did right, do, right? right? Right. Although the scripture also says he has some responsibility in there as well. Right. Not sure how God's going to work that all out, but I know I'm responsible for me. I do want to be sensitive of what level of grace there is here in my community because I know there's always going to be some deficiency. Yeah. There may be a missional deficiency. There may be a discipleship deficiency. It should not be. But there is no perfect parish. There's always going to be blind spots, missing components. And to, at some degree, if, if there's too much missing, then you need to leave the church. Mm. But if there's enough there that you can rejoice over people gathering around the preaching of, God, of the apostles, the preaching of God's work, people have some sense of commonality right. that we care about each other. We don't treat the guest preacher better than we treat the widows and orphans yeah. in our church. So th 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 there's some of that there. Right. Okay. Um, and then also y'all are taking communion. Yeah. Y'all are taking communion. Y'all sitting at the Lord's table together. Um, folks are being baptized. I think if enough of that is happening, then by God's grace, you enjoy that, but make sure that you take responsibility for the fullness. Mm -hmm. And what that's what I there's a, a sister in my neighborhood. I was I was hanging out with her and her husband. Uh, me and my wife were hanging out with her and her husband on Sunday. Uh, her name's Crystal. Her and her husband are great friends of ours. And uh, Crystal wrote an, enti an entire Bible, st Bible study curriculum mm. for her small group. Mm. She wrote it. I mean, it's many pages long. It's like, it's commentary. She just serves at her church. Wow. Mm -hmm. But out of her passion... She wanted something that didn't exist. Mm -hmm. She loves pouring into young women and older women mm -hmm. and, and women in general. She wrote a curriculum, bro. Mm. And that was not commissioned. No one called her into their office and said, we need a curriculum for the women. Right. She did that. Right. I affirm those kinds of things because she's getting to exercise her gift, which her not exercising her gift would make her smaller. Mm. Right? She's exercising her gift and she is meeting needs. They meet at her house if there's not an official thing. Mm. I think God intends for this to be a bounce passing, as you talked about. That the, the church is going to provide an accelerant. The church is gonna should should provide more than that. But if it's only providing a place to go to gather around God's word, then Amen. Praise God. Mm -hmm. But then we are going to in our own lives work out the other aspects. But God is not calling us to abandon the local church especially when the local church is in shambles right now. Mm. I think at, at, we want to get healthy. We want to bring that health to the congregation, mm. not just start a new thing yeah. outside of it. I mean, yeah. you, you did say before, actually, you did say one, so one of the things that you said was, uh, you don't have the data to back it. I'm like, well, do we not have the data? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have the data to yeah, back right. it up. <laughs> Well, we do have the data, and we, you know, we have the documentation through scripture, but we also have the documentation through the 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 lived testimony of people hey, that right. are walking with Jesus faithfully. Amen. Uh, one of the other things that we are intentional about with Ten by Ten is really highlighting the impact of youth leaders who yeah. are often feeling isolated, lonely, yeah. under resourced, know, under resourced, yep. unsupported. They're feeling like they're constantly scrambling. Yep. You know, working with. Margin when they don't have margin. Yeah. What's a word that, that you would encourage? And then, you know, and then, I mean, if you can share your thoughts. 
I, I'll say yeah. this. I mean, you guys no, say no, something ahead. too, bro. No, go ahead. Um, so the first thing is, and I, I've said this to, to youth pastors before, um, you were not on the junior varsity team. You know that. But I also want to make, I think when this, I'm thinking about Jesus' words. Jesus' words when he said that sometimes the, the world can be more shrewd with their finances mm-hmm. than we are, mm-hmm. than the children of mm-hmm. life, that we can actually learn from them. The world invests in youth. Man, man, man. Mm. Do they? Millions, billions, trillions, mm. okay, to understand, target, and win. Mm. That's what they do. Yep. They see the viability for most industries, the yep. viability of what they are doing. Yep. To be around young people. Yeah. Or younger people. The tweens. Yep. Yes. The tweens. That is also straight from the playbook of the devil. The devil, this is, I, I, and this is here's some of my pseudoscience again. Here's some bro science. <laughs> I genuinely believe that the reason why most of us, when we go to therapy and we send, and things are centered around what happened to us as kids, right? Right? What, or a teen. Because these most impressionable years before the the, the cortex at the at the front, the frontal yeah. cortex, is not yeah. even fully formed yet, you still are having the greatest impressions are being made on your little soul mm-hmm. that will then follow you for the rest of your life. There yeah. are struggles that you'll take into your 80s and 90s that were introduced to you when you were 11 years old. What is happening in this time? The devil knows yeah. that he's got a small window. Yeah. And he is going brazy yeah. to try to capture the minds and through trauma and pornography mm-hmm. and, and daddy wounds yep. and, and societal ills. He's doing everything in his power to crush your soul in your youth. The devil sees it. The world sees it. Church, do you see it? Youth leaders often do. Yes. Youth leaders do. And I just pray that y'all would lean in yeah. to God's yeah. vision. Jesus, that, Jesus leans into the youth. And, and, I, and, I, and I really, I, I, I just cannot, I'll just say this last thing. What you're doing is more important than any of us can ever appreciate. And it is my prayer that ministries like 10 by 10 will help to put the emphasis where it needs to be because the emphasis is not there now. But God sees you. You are where you're supposed to be. This is not junior varsity ministry. This is really you fighting and discipling for the soul of a country, of the world, and what you're doing in these youth groups. So God bless you and more power to you. Yeah, and I and 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 just to piggyback off of that, um, I love that you made that point about how Satan sees that. The children are the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean that we we see we hear that as like a a, a maxim, uh, and and but like a popular maxim that people use that 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 gets that that gets emptied of its uh of its impact as far as what it's saying, but it's true that the children are the future, bro. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, the youth are who is coming after you, and what happens is that adults 
center the world around them and we think that all that we have is us. Yes. Mm-hmm. The only thing that is important is us and the way that we want to do it and they and, and the youth need to just be like us yeah. and we don't, we are only investing in us. It's, just, it's like the same thing what we say about, uh, uh, like some people say about climate control or, or, or what we're doing with the climate, that the majority of people just don't care about who has to come after us. Mm-hmm. As long as the earth doesn't explode while I'm here, I'm fine. <laughs> So I'm going to discard all the plastic that I want to. I'm going to do. I'm going to. I don't care. Turtles. Yeah, I don't care because you do not have to live with this place after you're gone. But guess who does? Those who are coming up after you. Yes. Um, But I say all that to say that we are. um, I think about like even what, what, what Yahweh is saying in the Old Testament about raising your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, talking about the law of God everywhere you go with your children all the time before them, yes. that there is an intentionality that yes. is given to us on, to say you need to pour into the youth. Yes. And what the way that the church treats it is like, we pour into the adults and the youth get the crumbs that fall off the table. Right. If right? that. If that. So whatever crumbs are, we'll sweep the crumbs up into a dustpan and we'll give that to the youth pastor. That's what we'll do. Right? Mm-hmm. But that's not how scripture says it. Uh-uh. That's not what Jesus says. Woo. Let the little ones come to me. Not only that, but how, what kind of example does Jesus give for us to model our faith after them? Oh. Yes. And then you see what it says about in the Old Testament. You know what I mean? About, like I said, that raising your child in the fear of the admonition of the Lord, talking about it on the way. Like there is, scripture makes it clear to us that there is an intentionality that we have when it comes to train when it comes to pouring into the youth spiritually Amen. and i think that that's because god knows that that in order for us to actually disciple another generation is going to take intentionality yes. because we have the tendency to only focus on our own generation. Yeah, boy. Right? And, and, and millennials know this. Millennials <laughs> know this the best because that's the main gripe that millennials have with baby boomers and Gen Xers. Yes. That they do not care about us. Yes. Right? Uh-huh. They still call us kids and they, they loop us wondering in with Generation Z and wondering why you ain't bought a house. It's because y'all, y'all made it hard for us to... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And so, and so, um, that one like two million dollar two bedroom house right, well, <laughs> in the hood in the swamp, right? And so, um, and and uh, man, there's good things to be said about that. It's, it's so funny that Scott Galloway, a guy that we love, talked about one of the reasons that things are the way they are for millennials is because how Gen Xers and Boomers sucked up all of the wealth at the top when they were when they were actually within the economy and how they worked the economy and it made it worse for us. Yeah. yeah. But then they want to complain to us about not. Either way, that's a whole different thing. But I think that we can do the same thing within the church. And I think that one of the things that we have to do is we do have to be intentional. And I think that it's not a mistake that youth leaders within the church feel like it is very difficult for them to get support. I don't think that that is a mistake, my brother. I would not be surprised if there's some kind of spiritual principalities and authorities and rulers behind stuff like that. Because I think that it is very clear that the children are to be invested in, the youth are to be invested in. And I don't doubt that if that's the way that God wants to do it, then the enemy is going to also be putting things in place for the kingdom of darkness to counterattack that and push back against it. And so it doesn't surprise me that youth leaders feel like I can't get support. I'm I'm always, I'm sometimes I'm not even getting crumbs. Sometimes I'm fighting for even the crumbs. You know what I mean? And I think that it is uh, organizations like 10 by 10, um, and even some of the stuff that we've gotten to do when we've gone out and spoke to the youth yeah, with yeah. some of the stuff with, we've done uh, with SLU. Shout out to Dr. Jeffrey Wallace. And SLU. Um, yes. 
uh, that is actually trying to turn the tide on stuff like this. When we went out and spoke at some of these youth places, you know what's so crazy about it? When we got off stage, there were youth that came up to us and said, thank y'all for saying this. And you know why they said they thanked us for it? Because they said, we have been telling the adults this at our churches for years and they won't listen to what we're saying. Mm -hmm. So they told us. Yes. They yes. will not listen to what we're saying Largely and y'all got to come up here and say it. And, yes. And, and, and mission. Particularly around issues yes. of mission and justice. Yep. Yes. Right? Yes. And so I think that... Um, we the, the 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 church would would do well to to think about how can we think about not only reaching the youth but how do we include the youth in reaching the youth? That's mm -hmm. another thing too. Yes, man, y'all are trying to reach the youth and you keeping Paul Paul in this mug and he eighty six <laughs> years old <laughs> and he want the youth to listen well, to hey, white cassette tapes of Billy uh, white cassette tapes of Billy Graham. He got a Westminster right. He got a, he stuff. got a Westminster PhD and only thing that he want to tell him about is reformed theology and how being on TikTok is stupid. <laughs> being unaware of how people are getting saved on TikTok. Come on, Papa. There's a whole literally like Jesus movement going on on TikTok. Yes. And so I think I think that you cannot you cannot impact the youth without bringing the youth in. Yes. That's another thing that I I I, I, I was thinking civil rights about. movement. Too. I love civil rights movement. I love, I was watching this thing last night about the Florida Gators. This is random, and they were showing the Gators facility, this three hundred million dollar facility for the football team, and they were showing how amazing this facility is, state of the art, everything. And they were like, you know, who runs all of the new digital stuff? They, they were like, look, you know, usually when you come into a place like a college, because you know, all of these colleges are competing mm -hmm. um, for students. students to play there so they're yeah. they're all like competing with who can do like the most dopest craziest coolest you know stuff. uh stuff at their for their football teams and stuff so they were like man you know back in the day when you would see this wall of all of the people from this college that made it to the nfl we would have their jerseys up here and you know like their names painted on the wall but now everything is digital so now like we have their highlights on on these on these led Ooh. screens and stuff moving um, and like that, like it is constantly changing and showing all the players, you know, and names aren't misspelled and uh -huh. we can do all of this different stuff like to, to, to show what we have done at the university. And you know who's running all of that stuff there? The students, bro. Yes. <laughs> they were like, this is all student-led. The students are sewing the jerseys. The students is running the LED wall. The students are doing it. It's not uh, uh, Jeffrey who's... 47 who got a graphic design degree. It's Mark who's getting a graphic design degree right here, right now. <laughs> He's just He's designing all of the stuff for the Gators. All of the stuff you see around on the walls, all, it's the youth and they understand, even universities understand this. We cannot get the youth here without the youth working here. Yeah. Without having without having the youth involved. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, right? Yes, yes, and so I think that, that's the only reason the, facil the facilities are state of the art. They're saying, what do y'all want in here? Yeah. Oh, we want massage chairs. We want a hot tub and a cold tub. We want LED lights. We want we want uh, 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 LED screens. We want zero gravity chairs in our lockers. Yeah. The youth is telling them this. I love it. And I that's why it. they're getting the youth. And so that's I good, think amazing. that we, you know, it, it, they're not going and saying, what do you want in here, Martha? Oh, well, like a recliner with the thing on the side. <laughs> like, the youth is gonna, not, not going to come there. But for some reason, <laughs> church, we don't think about it that way. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? We want to, we think, it's because we think we have all of the answers. It'd be nice they, to get a rocking chair. It'd be nice to get a rocking chair. I used to have it when I grew up. And, and, and some, uh, 
in some material to, uh, to, to you know, to, to crochet start knitting. With, and, and, knit with. <laughs> and so, but I say all of that because I want to hel- oh. helmet with the one bar. But um, I, I, but I say, I just say all of that. The, I just say, I just want the leather helmet. I, actually, I don't even need a face mask. We just need the leather. Give me the helmet with the one bar. Leather with the one bar. The one with the, t- the T-bone steak down the middle. So I, I think that. Um, but I just say all that to say. We have to intentionally, intentionally invest in the youth and not think that we have all the answers and the youth are just people for us to only instruct on how they're not doing things right. But there are people to instruct us as well. So, yeah. Well, I, KB, of- KB can't stop <laughs> laughing. Oh. <laughs> That's the person at the, uh, the, the, the bro, person. Bro, the old dude asking for the one bar, bro. It's, it's, that is crazy, bro. He said, back in my day, we had all these bars. All we had is one. <laughs> you got poked in the eye, you got a new one. <laughs> <laughs> Went to the sideline, the coach gave you a new eye. CT didn't exist in my day. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, CTE. CTE. What is that? Go ahead. That's some kind of liberal. Uh, That's right. Yes. All right. Go ahead. I'm Uh, sorry, Ray. (laughs) Got no liberal CTE in my day. Liberal CTE. CTE didn't start till the liberals got here. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ray. I'm sorry. They're soft brains. (laughs) Oh my god. What is the question? Okay. Yes. Give people. The final kind of here's how you can be a part of what Ten by Ten is okay. doing. Then that gotcha. can include what's coming up and website sign up, that kind of stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Well, l- let me just say thank you for allowing me to take over and host Southside. You Rabbi. did, you did an excellent yeah, you did, job, you did a great job. We didn't know this was happening. I was like, no. he tricked us. <laughs> I said the same thing. I said he's interviewing us. <laughs> you are welcome anytime, bro. Yeah. Seriously. Oh man, we'd love Your to family. do this again. Uh, it's so uh, yeah, good yeah. because I, I mean, I just remember the last time we were together. I was like. This story needs to be told. They need to hear about what happened, how this community is continuing to you know, shape the minds and the hearts of not just the people that are listening into the the podcast or going to your concerts, but are in the community of faith that you've cultivated here. It's yeah. something special. Yeah. Um, Thanks also for being a partner of 10 by 10. Absolutely. Southside Rabbi. We're super grateful for the partnerships. I mean, we, we, we have about, you know, we have, uh, we have probably like close to 70, 80 partners that have signed on and Love we're not it. even launched yet. Uh, this, this episode should be releasing on October 10th. That's right. On launch day. 10, so 10. 10 by 10 is launching on October 10th. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and we're excited about that. We're, we're primarily, working to to change the landscape of youth discipleship mm. to help people prioritize young people within their churches which yeah. is why what y'all shared was so helpful what we're also trying to do is get the best resources into the hands of youth leaders who are feeling under-resourced who feel like they don't have what they need to, yes. to go day in and day out yes we know that the average church in the US is 65 people or less mm. the average number of youth per church is about 10% of that mm. And so there's probably on average about six or seven youth per any given church. The majority of churches can't afford to hire a full-time person on that, let alone a part-time person on that. So the majority of churches operate with people who they have entrusted the youth to in order to disciple them well. And those people probably have somewhere between two, three, four, five hours max a week. So what we're working together on is to equip them to 
operate with this framework that they probably have three hours a week max. And the majority of their time, we'd like them to spend on pouring it through relationship I with their it. youth. Mm -hmm. And so we're creating some really easily, uh, some really easy to use resources, and then we're curating some of the best resources out throughout the country through our variety of partners. Mm -hmm. And so if people are listening in and they're like, I know a youth leader, I know a senior pastor who cares about youth, well, I know a senior pastor who needs help convincing the rest of the church to care about you, but to prioritize you. Ten by ten is for you. Let's go. And so, I would encourage people to the, the easiest thing to do. I would encourage people to sign up for the newsletter. Mm -hmm. To go on the website ten by ten dot org. Mm -hmm. T N X one zero dot org. You can also go to one zero one zero dot org. I would say follow our social media. We're still we, we we're starting to grow that. And yes. We're going to be producing some um, uh, some. We're going to be producing some. Uh, uh, digital assets that will help uh, tell the story, to highlight the issue, yeah. to articulate the problem that the young people and youth leaders are facing, yeah. and to really cultivate and charge the church throughout the U.S. with some of the best kind of uh, insights, research, and, and resources that are available. Oh, I love it. Amen. That's powerful. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we are so grateful to have partnered with uh, Ray and, and his team at 10 by 10 um, and we are praying the Lord would add so much grace, so much blessing, so much fruit mm -hmm. to all of these efforts, and we trust that He will. Mm -hmm. um, this has been Southside Rabbi. I'm KB. I mean Hudson. Out of here. Yeah.